Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Hey everybody, welcome to Leading Simple. I'm your host, Rusty George, and today we're back with my favorite co-host, Brad Williams. Brad and I are going to have a discussion about how to lead when your boss isn't a leader. We've all been in those situations before where you feel like you're the smartest one in the room. You're the one that's leading the most, and your boss is just phoning it in. Well, what do you do in those moments? Because the scriptures tell us we're supposed to work as if we're working for the Lord. Well, how do you respond to your boss in a loving way? We're going to get into that. Today, our episode is sponsored by Red Letter Challenge. Cannot thank them enough for all of their support in making Leading Simple possible. And because of them, we're able to air this episode. And you need to check out redletterchallenge.com because they have great resources and it'll help you grow your faith. Looking for a great resource for you and your family to go through together, this is it. It's a great book. It's easy to write in, fill in the blanks, good stuff. You really feel like you've accomplished something when you're done each day, and you have because you have taken another step forward in growing in your relationship with Jesus. So check out redletterchallenge.com. If you're a pastor, go to redletterchallenge.com slash rusty. They're going to give you a free copy of this book and some great prices on resources. So check that out redletterchallenge.com slash rusty. Well, let's jump into my conversation with Brad Williams. Hey, Brad, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. It's been a while since the two of us have been on together. Yeah, no, it has. And I'm happy to be back. I'm excited about our conversation today. Last time you and I saw each other, we were packing up your boxes and you were moving. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, that's a, that's a true friend that helps another friend move. I hope you realize that. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> it was, it was, I was touched and I was, you were, you're surprisingly, uh, very strong. So it was impressive. Wiry. Yeah, you're wiry. Yeah, you're wiry. Yeah. I say don't underestimate Rusty. Anybody. That's right. I appreciate everybody wondering if, uh, I needed help every time I pick something up. So thank you. Yeah. No, you got that Midwest strength. <laughs> yes, that's right. It'll soon be the old man's strength, Right, right. Yeah. Oh, well, listen, uh, we want to talk about uh, an issue that I think a lot of our listeners have had before, and that is they're trying to be a leader in, at their place of business, but they're not the one in charge. And they are finding ways to lead down, but no one's leading into them. And maybe the, the person at the controls is a bit asleep at the switch or they're preoccupied or they're just not a good leader. I'm sure you've had this experience before in your life. Um, certainly not right now, because I know your boss, but uh, I, I want to just uh, give you, a, you know, a free shot here at other people. Um, everybody will, will remain anonymous, but I think we've all had occasions where we're trying to lead, but our leader isn't leading. So yeah. Brad, uh, tell us your experience with that. Well, I mean, I've been in business so long. I, I, I have a lot of, I recall a lot of situations where that was the case. And uh, as a Christian, you know, it's, you know, it's funny because when you're in certain situations at work, uh, it allows you to apply your Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, leadership is no different, obviously. And when you are in a situation where you have someone over you who is not leading, you're trying to lead downward, but you're not getting anything from them. Uh, the first thing you have to do is realize that you are where you're at for a reason. Yeah. 
You know, God puts you there for a purpose. And the purpose is not to complain about the person above you. <laughs> that, that's not the you know, call. That, I tell you what, that right there is tweetable. God <laughs> puts you there for a purpose and it's not the purpose to complain. Boy, that is yeah. so, so good. Because we do feel like at times we've got to be the whistleblower, right? Yeah, we, we take on the same behaviors as the world. Like we forget yeah. that we're supposed to be different mm-hmm. because it's human nature, right? You know, yeah. you're already nervous about you being perceived as a leader. And so it's like a knee jerk reaction to automatically let everybody know that I'm not getting the help I need or, you know, we go straight to complaining. So the first thing I recommend people do is uh, fight that urge uh, to complain and be the example. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, because do you find yourself... Um, do you find yourself with your kids when they complain about their work that it's a little bit of a surreal experience? Cause you're like, okay, I know what I need to say to them. And it's probably what I need to hear as well, which is show up, do your job and don't complain. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's because when, when people complain, the complaints are legit. I think Bill Gates has a great quote and I know I'm going to mess this up if I try to go off the top of the head with it, but the essence of it is that, you, you can learn the most from your customer complaints. And mm. it's the same thing when it's employees. When you have a disgruntled employee, if you listen as a leader, you can learn more to help your organization uh, than you can if you just, you know, if you have a bunch of yes men around you. Mm-hmm. So right. when my kids uh, complain, I let them know that, you know, there's nothing wrong with identifying a, a problem, mm-hmm. but you're there to also find solutions. Mm-hmm. So when they go to whoever their boss is, I say, make sure you go to them with the issue, but also with some solutions. Mm-hmm. So they perceive you as, as being of value. You're there to help. You know, you're not there just to, just to complain. That's such a great point. And that was one of the ones that I had, uh, you and I both picked out three things we wanted to discuss. And mm-hmm. one of mine was you must find ways to work with your existing boss, which a lot of times that just means being a, a value add, yeah. you know, every, every boss, no matter how, uh, aloof they are, they, they really want success. Um, they may not know how to get there. They may be a little bit lazy, but if you come in and you add value by being there rather than becoming a problem for them to deal with, you immediately increase your life expectancy in that job and your ability to maybe even improve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you build trust with that individual. Right. So if they ever do, because most, most unhealthy leaders um, isolate themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and not isolation like solitude, but isolation like, they push away everybody that could possibly give them feedback. Right. So you can build trust and become that person. So I think that's a great point. Yeah. And I think as, as employers or bosses, that's our own insecurities. We don't want to hear anything negative. We want to assume everything's good. So we push the negative away, which means if you're just complaining, we're going to push you away anyway. But Mm -hmm. you know, it's that whole yes. And thing, Hey, that was good. But you know, what would also be great. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Have you thought about this? And I'm happy to own it. Um, because I think a lot of us, when we hear suggestions, we just assume, Oh, you expect me to do that. But -hmm. if you come in and go, Hey, would you give me a chance on this? Let me just try it for a few weeks. And the boss doesn't have to, you know, uproot everything, but can give you a little bit of freedom there. 
Yeah, no, very true. And that's that's a good point. Like the insecurity piece is it kills, you know, it's horrible when it comes to leadership. Yeah. You oh. know, it can kill an organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Go you're you're next. Go ahead. Okay. So that was your that was your first one, right? Uh-huh. All right. So the first one I have is um, and I had a ton of them, but uh the first thing you can do is kind of along that line of building trust, but be impeccable with your word. Hmm. You know, say That's what true. you mean and mean what you say. Mm-hmm. So once you're somebody who um, people can trust because you come through on your commitments, you know, then that's going to put that leader in that team at ease. The leader may not be put at ease. If it's an unhealthy leader or a leader who can't lead, who knows what they're going through, but you can't mm-hmm. focus on that. You have right. to focus on that your controllables. And the only thing you can control is yourself. Mm. So if you make sure that you give your word in everything that you do, you're only going to build trust and that's all you really can control. So I, I highly recommend people do that. You know, make sure that whatever commitments they make, whatever promises they make, even when it comes to coming to work on time, you know, we I used to have a joke, not a joke, but we used to have a thing we said on the leadership team was that we don't have a training class for punctuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no SOP or <laughs> there's no individual development plan. How to get know. here on time. Yeah. No, you, you, yeah. You say you're going to be here on time, be here right. on time. Right. You know, so it starts there and then just continue to build on that because that's the one thing you can control. Hey, let me interrupt this episode for one second and remind you, we are very, very close to hitting the one million download. Probably will happen this month. And we want to give away something to celebrate. If you go to PastorRustyGeorge.com, you can register and you're going to receive a gift basket filled with some of my favorite things, including a cooking spice that I grew up with. I've never seen anybody else use it. I found it in a store. I bought some of them for you. My mom used it all the time. I use it all the time. We love it. Our kids love it. You're going to love it. And so that's just something different for me to give to you as a thank you. Thanks for helping us hit 1 million downloads and help us celebrate by going to the website, typing in your information, and you'll be entered to win one of our 10 gift baskets we're going to be giving out. Okay, enough of that. Back to the episode. You know, it makes me think about, um, you know, the great uh, legendary basketball coach, John Wooden, used mm-hmm. to always say on time is late and he'd have everybody get there 30 minutes early just to put their shoes and socks on the proper way. Remember those stories yeah. of him talking about how to put socks on to, you know, these incredible players, because if you get a blister, well, that kind of sets you down for a while. So anyway, just that the idea you, you get to, you get there ahead of time to get your stuff done. So you're ready mm-hmm. to work the moment the bell rings or the, the whistle blows, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great life lesson. Yeah. Mm. Wooden is like arguably the greatest of all time. So, well, I would say Dean Smith, but that's, that's, you know, that's for another yeah. time. I, I figured that's why I threw the word arguably in there. Cause I knew you were going to argue. <laughs> <I> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's a West coast bias. <laughs> yeah, it, um, is, it is. He's the most. Okay. Chance, so. I'll, I'll give you my second one. And that is you must develop your influence uh, wherever you are. Um, so not just even leading up, but even leading, um, you know, kind of, a, a horizontally or even, uh, underneath you, you can impact the lives of people who report to you, serve alongside you, or even carry more responsibility above you, uh, simply by looking for ways to add value at every opportunity. Um, 
I always was told, you know, in my early days of ministry, hey, just walk around the office and, you know, see if somebody needs help with something or if you can mm. assist. And I, I just learned that practice early on of even going into the, the boss that I had at the time before I left at the end of the day and saying, hey, I'm going to head out, but is there anything you need me to do before I leave? Most of the time it'd be a no, uh, but occasionally it'd be, hey, would you take this out to my car? You got it. Right. Um, and it just became this, I, I'm gaining influence just by showing up and asking the question, what can I do? And I think that's kind of a lost art. I think there's a lot of uh, um, people in the workforce that just assume that, hey, if they want me to do something, they'll tell me, but they're not getting another five minutes from me. Um, we had a guy work for us years ago and you wouldn't even remember him, Brad, but I remember he made a comment to his uh, su supervisor and said, you only get me 40 hours a week and then I'm done. And I thought, wow, that is, first of all, no one's working 40 hours around here. And second yeah. of all, um, what a, what an attitude to have to your boss of, you know, that's all you get from me. And then I'm home. I mean, I know, I know that's a popular country music theme, you know, uh, but when it comes to real life, uh, you, you got to understand that sometimes it bleeds out a little bit. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. And I know like as a leader, you know, the goal should be to have a team of people that feel like they don't have to work for you, but they want to work for you. Exactly. At the same time though, if you're, if you're not the leader, if you're underneath the leader and serving the leader, if they cannot lead, you're 100% correct. You got to control you mm -hmm. and by controlling your actions. You right. Know, and cause you're there for a reason, you know, so that's right. Or as that, you like uh, to say, a reason, a season, a season or, or a, a lifetime. lifetime. That's right. That's, good. That's, That's good. right. Good. <laughs> Brad Williams right there. <laughs> well, matter of fact, that leads to my next one. All so right. It's, it's just that mindset. You know, one way you can be effective under whatever leadership is there is realize that you are only there for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Mm. So you led right into it, man. Yeah, I just wrestled Westbrook that thing into Anthony. You Davis sure did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it's, I think sometimes we get to, we get, have this mindset that, you know, I'm on this job. I'm going to be here for life. Yeah. And then we get frustrated and become, become miserable. <laughs> and it's like, well, who told you that? Yeah. You know, you're either there for a reason that God puts you there. So serve with everything you have. All mm. you'll be there for a season and you're going to learn, you're going to grow. If you have the right attitude, if you don't, you, you might be stuck there forever, mm -hmm. you know? So if you have the attitude that I'm going to give my best every single day, because I don't know how long I'll be here. I'm going to give my all while I am here. Mm -hmm. You know, it could lead to a wonderful lifetime serving an orga organization that achieves all kinds of goals, or it could mm -hmm. be a season where you develop yourself and others, or it could be a reason where you impact that team, make some great allies and move on. Right. So, so your mindset has a lot to do with your attitude. And mm -hmm. once again, it goes back to what you can control. Mm -hmm. You're only there for a reason, a season, a lifetime. You and God have to work that out. But every time you set foot in that building, give your all. It makes me think of the fact that, you know, it really is a small world. And especially if you're in a certain career path or industry, a lot of people know each other. And if you blow yeah. the place up on your way out, if you don't leave well, if you try to be the hero and, you know, cause a coup d'etat, other people are going to find that out, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we really are not, our life is not a movie that ends up like we're Braveheart, you know? Mm -mm. I mean, at the end of the day, if we 
light ourselves on fire and walk out the door. They just simply close the door and go about business. So <laughs> you, you really need to steward that time. Well, okay. Here's yeah. my last one. Right. And that is you must lead yourself well before you lead anyone else. Oh, that's good. You know, I mean, if you, before you start thinking about leading the people that you have or trying to lead up into your boss, you know, manage your own behaviors and beliefs, your values, your credibility, because if you manage yourself well, then you'll be able to handle your boss's insecurity, your coworkers' insecurity, um, a coup d'etat coming at you uh, mm-hmm. because you've, you've prepared yourself uh, and your mindset is good. Um, I told this story to my kids in the car when we were driving endless hours over the summer. And it's one of my favorite stories. And Brad, you've probably heard it before, but John Maxwell tells the story of his nephew getting a job um, uh, you know, in, in a cubicle out of business, uh, his first job out of college. And he called up uncle John, the leadership expert and said, what do I do? He said, all right, I'm gonna tell you three things. You do these three things and you'll be vice president in five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are they? Number one, what time are you supposed to get to work? Nine o'clock? Not you, you get there at eight 30. Okay. Um, what time, uh, or what about your lunch break? Yeah, we get an hour, not you, you take your lunch. And you eat your lunch while you work. People will invite you to lunch and they'll be upset you don't go, but that's okay. Just work. Right. What time do you get off work? Five o'clock? Not you. You stay till at least 5.15 and then stop by your boss's office and ask if he needs anything. And then sometime in the first six months, you go into your boss and say, I just want you to know I'm here for whatever you need me. If it's move a file cabinet. Remember file cabinets? If it's, uh, you know, take your, get your dry cleaning, uh, go pick somebody up at the airport. I'm your guy. And then just leave it alone. Don't pester him, leave him alone. And so the guy did it. And Maxwell said, I was wrong. He didn't become vice president in five years. It was two years. Wow. So, and this is Maxwell's great line. You don't have to run fast to win the race anymore. You just have to stay standing. Oh, that's good. That's Isn't good. that good? That's good. Because people that's are just... You know, they just drop in like flies because it's we're such a me-centered culture. And the moment we don't get what we want, we're out. But sometimes just by, you know, the little things of personal integrity, you separate yourself quite a bit. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. And it leads right to like, you know, keeping it super simple by just serving well. Yeah. You know, it so whoever true. serves best wins. That's right. <laughs> it's a race to the back of the line. I that's right. All right, my man. Well, always good to catch up. I hope this uh, information was valuable for our listeners. Um, Brad, uh, I just want to say publicly to you, you are a huge part of why we have hit 1 million downloads. By the time this airs, it will be well over that. But I just want to say thank you for not only participating on the air, but all your support of the podcast off the air and of me. So really grateful for your friendship, buddy. Uh, you're very welcome, Rusty, and I am. Uh, I'm honored to see what God can do, you know, uh, through you, through Real Life Church. But when you commit to doing something, we talked about this a long time ago. And when you commit to doing something and stay consistent, you can see how many people God can reach. And uh, so, yeah, I'm proud to be a part of this, and I'm just amazed as we grow and grow and grow. So, I'm just looking forward to the future. Amen, brother. Well, thanks for listening. Next week, we are going to be back 
with brand new content. I'm so looking forward to this as we dive into um, new information and interviews. In fact, next month, we've got some really exciting conversations coming up. We've got a conversation with the new lead pastor of Willow Creek Community Church, Dave Dummett. Uh, we got a conversation with Oscar-winning animator Glenn Keane, uh, who has just great stories to tell. Uh, innovative uh, church planter, entrepreneur, pastor Joseph Barkley, and Jenny Catron, who is an um, incredible leadership coach. So great stuff coming up next month. Can't wait to have you with us. Make sure that you subscribe and you share. It would mean the world to me. As always, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Rusty L. George. Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple.